This is the Daily Signal podcast for Tuesday, July 19th. I'm Doug Blair. And I'm Virginia Allen. Big tech companies like Facebook, Google, and Twitter have become known for censoring information they deem inaccurate. Even though Democrats and Republicans agree that more needs to be done to rein in these platforms, the Biden administration is asking big tech companies to censor content. Texas Congressman Lance Gooden joins the show today to discuss how he and his colleagues are working to hold big tech companies accountable and what we know about the relationship the Biden administration has with these tech giants. But before we get to Virginia's conversation with Congressman Gooden, let's hit today's top news. Chief Medical Officer to the President of the United States, Dr. Anthony Fauci, said on Monday that he plans to retire at the end of President Biden's term. Fauci announced his planned retirement in an interview with Politico. The doctor said, we're in a pattern now. If somebody says you'll leave when we don't have COVID anymore, then I'll be 105. I think we're going to be living with this. Fauci has been in his position as the director of the National Institute of Allergy and Infectious Diseases and the chief medical advisor to the president for almost 50 years. Failure is the word being used to describe law enforcement's response to the tragic shooting in Uvalde, Texas, that took the lives of 19 children and two adults. Recently released body camera footage from the day of the shooting reveals a chaotic scene as officers swarm the school hallways. Take a listen. Shots fired. We're going to be in the uh, the building, the west side. Dude, we got to get in there. We got to get in there. He just keeps shooting. We got to get in there. We got to get in there, the officer says three times. An investigation has revealed that almost 400 law enforcement arrived at the school, but it took almost an hour to neutralize the shooter. The nearly 80-page investigative report was conducted by a committee from the Texas House of Representatives. The report was released detailing the failures of law enforcement at the scene. Notably, there appears to have been confusion over who the commanding officer was on the scene to take the lead and respond. Concerns are also being raised about active shooter training for law enforcement. The report found that officers treated the situation as a barricaded subject scenario, meaning it appears they may have believed the shooter was barricaded in an area away from students and teachers. This could have been due to communication failure. It appears that law enforcement outside the building were receiving information that teachers and students were trapped with the shooter in a classroom, but that information was not relayed to officers responding inside the building. Texas Department of Public Safety Director Colonel Stephen McCraw says authorities' response in Uvalde was an abject failure. Americans don't trust the news anymore. According to new data from Gallup polling, confidence in newspapers and television news has cratered to all-time lows. According to the polling service, 16% of U.S. adults say they have a great deal or quite a lot of confidence in newspapers, and just 11% say the same thing for television news, and that's down 5 percentage points since last year. Gallup also reported that only Congress has less confidence from the American public than TV news. Amongst Republicans, only 5% expressed confidence in newspapers, while amongst independents, that number was 12%. Those represent the lowest numbers on record for these party groups. 
35% of Democrats expressed confidence in newspapers. And that's all for headlines today. Now stay tuned for my conversation with Representative Lance Gooden as we discuss how the Freedom From Big Tech Caucus is cracking down on companies like Google and Twitter. The Heritage Foundation takes the field on offense with their Young Leaders Program. I'm Evelyn Homily from Hillsdale College. I'm Harrison Stewart from the University of Virginia. I'm a journalism intern with The Daily Signal. I'm a digital productions intern in communications. For spring, summer, and fall semesters, the Heritage Foundation hosts undergraduate and postgraduate interns right here in the nation's capital to train our country's future conservative leaders. As a Daily Signal intern, I've had the opportunity to cover exciting events here in D.C. and work in a fast-paced environment with some of the conservative movement's best journalists. In YLP, interns are on the cutting edge of the conservative movement, attending exclusive briefings from heritage experts, members of Congress, and movement leaders fighting for the fate of our country. It's been exciting connecting with big names in the political world and better understanding our nation's greatest threats. If you want to go on offense with other passionate, dedicated conservatives, go to heritage.org intern to learn more about the Young Leaders Program. It is my pleasure to welcome to the show Representative Lance Gooden of Texas. Representative Gooden is the co-chair and co-founder of the Freedom from Big Tech Caucus. Representative Gooden, thank you so much for being here today. Thanks for having me. So, Congressman, the Freedom from Big Tech Caucus was established last year to shine a light on the abuses of big tech companies. Could you just talk a little bit about what you and your colleagues in this caucus are really trying to accomplish? We want the American people to be free to do as they please with respect to social media, purchasing goods, living their lives. And these big tech companies have gotten to the point that they they own the government in a sense. They operate however they please. They have no rules and regulations that are enforced, and people are tired of, of being censored, of being uh, policed by big tech. And what's interesting is this has become a bipartisan feeling. I have many Democratic colleagues who are interested in some of the work I'm doing. And since I've come to Congress, I'm in year three of my time in Congress. The one issue that I have found that has been bipartisan is this desire to rein in big tech. The motivations perhaps are different, whether you're a Democrat or a Republican, but the end goal um, seems to be pretty similar uh, when I talk to my Democratic colleagues about this issue. So it's, it's really fascinating how it can bring people together from different sides of the aisle. Wow, that's encouraging to hear because there's uh, these days doesn't seem like there's too much that uh, Republicans really, and really, Democrats can lock arms on. Yeah, truly, the one issue that I have found common ground on uh, with my colleagues uh, on the Democratic yeah. side. That's wonderful. Well, let's talk a little bit about what we're seeing from the Biden administration. Gina McCarthy is the White House National Climate Advisor. She's a proponent of, of wind and solar energy, electric cars, and so on. Last month, during an interview with Axios, she spoke about the need for big tech companies to stop the spread of disinformation about climate change. We have to get tighter. We have to get better at communicating. And frankly, the tech companies have to stop allowing specific individuals over and over again to spread disinformation. So, Congressman, I want to get your reaction. What's the role of companies like Google, Twitter, and Facebook here? Well, you know, these, these companies, they're run by liberals. 
they have their desires uh, to enact their agenda. Um, their agenda is set by their employees, their senior leaders that we all know are big Democratic contributors. In the case of this climate change issue, uh, they're policing thought. They are um, being asked by the Biden administration uh, to ensure that um, things are, quote, accurate, and the definition of accuracy is whatever they want it to be. And so uh, we go back to the February, uh, winter February freeze in Texas two years ago. Um, there was criticism of these wind turbines that froze. Um, I recall them saying that that was all inaccurate speech against renewable energy. Um, and we've seen many instances where criticisms of things that uh, these climate change activists uh, support have actually been very accurate, but they've still been flagged as not true and taken off these platforms. And so we we want the Biden administration to uh, get out of the way and uh, let people have an open discourse on social media and um, and stop the policing from the government and from these social media platforms. Yeah. Well, and you and, and your colleagues at the uh, Freedom from Big Tech Caucus, you all recently you wrote a letter to White House advisor Gina McCarthy asking for information about if she has been in touch with these big tech companies on this on this issue, if she is asking them to stop the spread of misinformation. So what do we know? What do we know about uh, the White House's directives towards big tech companies? Are they asking them specifically to uh, to stop spread of information that they deem to be inaccurate? I suspect they are. You know, they don't respond. There's no oversight in Washington of this administration. That's what happens uh, when one party controls uh, both houses of Congress and the White House, the in, the party in power in the White House uh, doesn't have to answer to anyone, uh, whether that's Republican or Democrat, frankly. But in this case, the uh, White House, uh, there are no hearings on the House or Senate side. So when we ask questions at the White House, we often don't get responses. I also ask her to preserve records because when we retake the House this November, as I think we will, we'll be doing a major oversight of this administration that will start on day one in January. And I'm confident that uh, one of the many issues that we tackle will be um, these conversations that they've had with big tech, because your original question was, what have they said? What have they asked the answers? I don't know. I suspect there's all kinds of meetings and conversations happening that probably shouldn't be happening. And those are things that, um, as we have seen in this current Congress, you can investigate a prior administration and get pretty good bits of information if you're in a position of power and can control a subpoena. Mm-hmm. So let's chat a little bit more about that partnership between Democrats and Republicans on this issue. Just share, how are you all um, on the Hill working together to make sure that, that big tech is held accountable? There's a collection of bills um, that Big tech absolutely hates. Um, they are do everything from rein in some of these monopolies um, to outlaw their methods of uh, algorithms and whatnot that um, don't allow competitors um, to perform in their search engines and in their shopping platforms, et cetera. You know, these stores that are on your phones that block other apps that are competitors, et cetera. Um, there's a package of three or four bills, I believe it is. This started over, I think, a year ago, and uh, it's primarily run by members of the Judiciary Committee uh, with 
sponsors from other committees across the House. I'm on a bill uh, that deals with monopolies with Pramila Jayapal. She's the leader of the Progressive Caucus. Um, she's from Seattle. She has Amazon in her district. Uh, she's, as li- she's probably the most liberal member of the entire U.S. House, and she and I are working on this bill together. Now, her motivations are a bit different than mine. You know, Democrats think that um, big tech is evil uh, because of um, giving platforms to conservatives. They they don't like them for different reasons. But frankly, I don't care what her motivations are. The end goal is the reigning in of big tech. Uh, But this particular issue has been bipartisan. Uh, Speaker Pelosi, obviously, she controls the agenda. I don't know if she's going to move these bills. I, I hear that uh, they're, the Democrats that are involved are pushing her too. But one of the big problems we have is big tech has a a hold on some of these members. You know, I don't know. Speaker Pelosi has not come out and said her position. You know, she represents the San Francisco area. We've got a lot of big tech people in that part of the country, and they do a pretty good job of showering donations onto both Republicans and Democrats that seem very leery of upsetting them. And so we've had our work cut out for us. I remember when I first came out for some of these proposals, I heard from the Apple lobbyists, from the Amazon lobbyists, and it wasn't a very friendly time. And they're very, very much aware that these bills are supported by the American people. The American people don't believe that big tech should be running their lives and censoring their speech and determining what products they purchase. Um, but big tech is not interested in that. They want to keep doing as they're doing, which is why they run these ads on Facebook. Um, they run these ads uh, lying to people, saying that if these bills pass, you're not going to be able to buy cheap goods on Amazon and small businesses are going to go out of business. It's just not true. Um, but we see this coordinated effort um, from big tech from Washington to across the United States um, to discourage any kind of action that might rein them in. Yeah, yeah. Well, and of course, now with this, um, you know, one of one of many, but one of the latest incidents with Gina McCarthy uh, calling on these big tech companies to censor information uh, that has to do with uh, with climate and climate change and um, and energy policy. And of course, right now, energy is a hot topic as Americans are paying so much at the pump, and we're all having conversations about how energy costs can be lowered and get down. And of course. Uh, the Biden administration and conservatives have very differing views on the solutions. Congressman, would you share with us just a little bit about America's current energy landscape? Where is most of our energy coming from right now? Well, it's coming from all over, but where it's not uh, primarily, well, th- there's no new energy coming in uh, that there should be. You know, President Trump had opened up America. Um, we had the Keystone Pipeline. We had these companies uh, pursuing new leases and new um, new drilling in all in various parts of the United States. Um, and President Biden on day one reduced that in a very big way. And he, he said that uh, he wants to get us off of oil and he wants to end oil production. And yet he's out gallivanting and traveling the world asking other nations for their oil, asking Saudi Arabia uh, to do more when we could be doing more here at home. And that's very frustrating to people. Um, he has helped increase this cost of oil um, all over the world. He, you know, he blames the Russians. He blames the Ukraine war. He blames the Saudis. 
Uh, but the United States has played a big role by way of his policies uh, in helping drive up energy costs and the price of oil. And several factors are at play. That is true. But one of those is a, a reduction of uh, output uh, here in the United States. And I think mm-hmm. it's it's very frustrating, and we're um, we're in a bad spot. And I I hope that we'll have some some changes come November, and in Washington we can uh, get some answers to some of these questions you've asked. Conversations that are being had between this administration and uh, these climate change activists and about policies that they've pursued that aren't good for the American people, that aren't good for this economy. Uh, they've helped increase uh, inflation and gotten us to this point. And I think it's gotten away from them to the point that they don't really have a solution. I don't believe in my heart that Joe Biden wanted inflation to go to the number that it's at today. Um, but it has certainly gotten away from him. And at this point, he's so dug in. He can't admit that what he's done uh, has helped contribute to that and that there's no turning back. And so I'm I'm real curious to see what some of these conversations are that have been had over the last few months yeah. uh, between these outside groups. You mentioned Gina McCarthy. I go back to her. She's a prime candidate for someone to leave this administration and get a fancy multi-million dollar paying job at one of these big tech firms. Watch what she does when she leaves the White House. I suspect mm. she'll be making lots of money at a firm like a Facebook or an Amazon um, this happens all the time. These administration officials, they get in bed with big tech or whatever organization it is that they seem to be interested in, and then they've got a nice cushy gig when they leave the White House. Mm-hmm. When we look at, at the Biden administration's energy policies, we obviously know that they differ quite a lot from former President Donald Trump. But in comparison to previous Democrat administrations, are are they that different? I've asked that question, too, because things are so bad. I have to go back in time. Were we Was it this bad when Obama was president or Clinton was president? I don't know that it was. I, I think some of these green groups have become more sophisticated, more active. I certainly don't believe when we had a, a liberal majority on the court or a conservative majority that people were – Uh, marching in front of houses of Supreme Court justices. I don't remember a time during the Obama, Clinton, or Bush days uh, when there were so many threats of violence against sitting members of the Supreme Court uh, or some of the outrage that we have seen um, or the uh, hesitation on the part of attorney generals to enforce the law and protect these people and stop this nonsense and all the craziness that we see. But... um, we're we're certainly in uncharted times now, and it's it's frustrating. It's it's a little scary, but things are pr- really bad with this administration. I don't think we've ever seen such incompetence uh, yeah. on the level of any president as we have. You know, people didn't like Bill Clinton, perhaps, or they, maybe they just didn't like Barack Obama. But I don't think anyone ever said that they were incompetent. You may have disagreed with them, but they weren't incompetent. And what we mm-hmm. see from this administration is just total incompetence. Um, it's not a just a actions that we disagree with. It's things that just don't even make sense. Yeah. And we wonder, uh, is have we hit bottom yet or is it going to get worse? Yeah. Well, you mentioned that you're optimistic that Republicans uh, may retake the House with this uh, next election. Um, if that were to happen, what do you think would be the top 
priority of, of yourself and your Republican colleagues? Well, you know, I get asked that a lot. People say, what are you going to do? And I think that the American people, Republicans especially, I think that they think that winning back the House means all of, of these problems start to get better. And while that is true, there's no scenario where even if we win the Senate and the House, uh, where we're going to magically pass legislation to fix the country that's going to go to Joe Biden's desk that he would sign. Uh, people have to remember we'll, we will still have a Democrat president in charge uh, for two more years until the next election. So I try to remind my constituents that winning back the House means um, not that we're going to turn things around with respect to policy. It means we will stop the enactment of bad policy, one. And two, and this is perhaps more important, we will begin a process of oversight that has not existed since Joe Biden took office. I remind my constituents, um, when Donald Trump was president, they witnessed major oversight. They, we didn't agree with it, but we saw the Democrats um, create absolute hell for Donald Trump when they were in charge uh, and they ran the House. And you're going to see that uh, in a different way come January, where Republicans are going to raise hell. We're going to ask tough questions and we're going to provide oversight. And I have spent the first two years of my time in Congress watching Nancy Pelosi and Democrats conduct oversight of the Trump administration. And I have been learning and watching and seeing what they have uh, shown me is appropriate and acceptable. And so I am taking my cues. I, this is the first time I've ever said this, but I am taking my cues um, from Nancy Pelosi's team with respect to oversight. Um, and they have made it clear to leave no stone unturned and to go hard. And I believe uh, that we as Republicans will go very hard against this administration come January when we are finally in an oversight role. Representative Lance Gooden of Texas. Congressman, thank you so much for your time today. We really appreciate you joining us. Thank you. And I look forward to speaking to you again and have a great week. And that'll do it for today's episode. Thanks so much for listening to the Daily Signal podcast. If you have not done so already, please be sure to subscribe to the Daily Signal podcast on your listening app of choice. That's Google Play, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and iHeartRadio. Please leave us a review and a five-star rating on Apple Podcasts and encourage friends and family to subscribe. Thanks again for listening. We'll see you right back here tomorrow morning. The Daily Signal podcast is brought to you by more than half a million members of the Heritage Foundation. The executive producers are Rob Bluey and Kate Trinko. Producers are Virginia Allen and Doug Blair. Sound designed by Lauren Evans, Mark Guiney, and John Pop. For more information, please visit DailySignal.com.